SAFM. Thank you, Natalie. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzen is our producer and our technical producer for today is Nolwabo Fani. Now, I'm very excited to be speaking with uh, activist and award-winning author and director of the Puku Children's Literature Foundation, Eleanor Sisulu. She's going to talk to us about the Puku Story Festival and the story competition and the extending the date for that competition. And then later on, we catch up with Dr. Tlinam Fiope, who is a very well-known activist, poet and playwright, director and author um we talked to about international mother language day and uh, using language to educate youth around the importance of recycling and reusing but no one is is studying to be a farmer much or getting is interested especially young people not interested in farming at all and we've invited two two people who are farmers uh regime kize and butle saba uh, Saba Saba, who are directors of Mkize and Associates, and they talk to us about uh, farming poultry, especially, uh, and how to encourage young people to get into farming. Um, but before we do all of that, uh, I had I've got lovely quotes for you uh, on the, for as as part of my lunch bite. But uh, before we go into that, we're going to take a piece of music. The quote I wanted to give you was, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. That was by Nelson Mandela. Eleanor Sisulu, welcome, my sister, and thank you for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you. It's lovely to, to talk to you again. How are you? Uh, fine, thanks. A bit crazy because we're busy with festival fever. Well, I, I can imagine. Tell us about it, what, the, the, the story festival. Yes. It starts this weekend, right? It starts tomorrow, actually. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But we had started from Monday with a school's roadshow and afternoon community engagement uh, in Fingo and Josa Townships here in Grahamstown. Now, what? give us a background on the Puku Story Festival. It started in 2013 as part of Puku's drive to uh, increase publishing and promote uh, writing in mother tongue. Mm -hmm. So our our goal is to bring together the producers of content, which are the publishers and the writers and the illustrators, to together with the with the mediators, those would be the librarians, the teachers, the parents, Mm -hmm. and the consumers. So the idea, we wanted to have an indigenous language bookshop, uh, book book fair of all languages, but Mm -hmm. we realized that it's so much, the basic information and the basic networks are not developed in in our languages. So Mm -hmm. we thought we'd start with Corsa, and because Grahamstown, there's Rhodes University and National Arts Festival who agreed to partner with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, so there's experience in festival organizing. So we decided to start it in Grahamstown. And it's, it's, this is the biggest one so far with a book exhibition. We had two previous smaller festivals where John Kani, um, Zeg Simda, Sindhiwe Magona, Grinam Trope attended. But this one is actually has an exhibition with some of the publishers who are publishing in mother tongue and some of the NGOs are actually exhibiting. That, it, it sounds amazing and I, I love the fact that there are publishers already who are waiting to publish those works. 
Uh, where where are those works available after? I mean, do they go to your mainstream bookstores or is there, is there a particular um, space where you find them? Well, actually, Bargain Books, uh, the Bargain Books manager in Grahamstown has been amazing, Sharon Grant. She's really uh, pushed to, to stock Kosa books in the bookshop and Bargain Books has... has uh, agreed to be the official bookseller for the festival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the books will be stocked in Bargain Books Grandstown and I can Im- should imagine people would be able to also order them from other Bargain Books branches. Yes, and I suppose they'll be available online as well. They'll be available online and but part of the problem and we'll deal with that because there's two workshops, one on reading promotion and one on writing and publishing in Iskosa. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem we have is that there's no up to date catalogue. So we're talking to the Publishers Association, the National Library of South Africa, Center for the Book, to actually address this issue so that there's an easily accessible online and uh, print uh, catalogue for parents and teachers and whoever wants to get access to the literature. The thing about mother tongue and, and thing about writing, and you're talking about Isikos at the moment, and I know you'll probably extend to other languages as, as the festival grows. Yes. But at what, at, I want to know which... Um, I can't find the right word for it, but there's there's a, a kosa that is used that has been used in the olden days, and there's a modern kosa, right? Yes. And what? Because I'm thinking about readers. Will they be able to read those books depending on which kosa is being used to write? Well, you know, in every language, you have different. Uh, um, you have a range within the language and different varieties. Mm-hmm. Like in English. You have, you know, Shakespeare's English, classic English. You mm. also have mm. English, contemporary English, and English which is related for very specific areas. Like, for example, West Indians, like the uh, Caribbean people, have, like the Naipaul and Shiva Naipaul, have actually writ- uh, written in the Caribbean variety of English. Mm. And I think that should apply to our languages as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zulu in Soweto is different from both, you know, there are differences from Zulu in Eshowe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the writing should be where that story is located. It's as simple as that. Okay. So it should reflect the region. And you as the reader, and I think that's where we say when literature is really developed, is if you pick up a book in Tosa, for example, mm-hmm. and you say, yes, I'm from Kanduli, and this is exactly how people speak there. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. This is a big country, and as people move, you know, you, you, you know, the language, language is dynamic. It's not, it doesn't stay the same. It evolves, so, yes. So it, it's actually the literature needs to reflect the variety. There's the old, there's the classics, and in fact, we've been very fortu- fortunate because the Center for the Book Department of Arts and Culture had this project of publishing the classic uh, Kosa works, and those, they've actually donated some. So we will actually have readings from those, but then we also have the young cutting-edge rap artists and young people who are who have the kind of modern urban language. Mm. So it's the whole the whole range, the whole continuum. Fantastic. Now, what can we expect then, apart from the exhibitions and, of course, you've got the books? Are there are there spaces for dialogue and, 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 and those kinds of things? Are there discussions that are happening that you'll take away from this festival? 
Yes, the, 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 the two main workshops which the Center for the Book is, uh, uh, is chairing, organizing and chairing mm-hmm. in partnership with us, the Center for the Book is the lead organization there. Mm-hmm. The one is writing and publishing in Isposa and the other one is reading promotion. So we'll focus on closer, but then we look at other, I mean, the problems are uh, 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 the same in other languages. We then, so the different organizations that are involved in reading promotion in some way or the other will be there as well as writers. Mm -hmm. We have international literacy expert Judith Baker, Mm -hmm. uh, Boston-based, who's been involved in starting the African Storybook Project. Mm -hmm. So she is here. We will also have Kinam Shope. Mm-hmm. We're also very excited to learn that Center for the, we have just heard that Center for the Book will be bringing Andrea Dondolo, mm-hmm. uh, the actress and uh, reading ambassador for book, um, for the National Library of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Then there's also some young poets. Uh, that we have three guest writers and one, our one guest of honor, who I'm sure you may have interviewed, we are so happy she's coming, is Mrs. Connie Ngaba. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Naba wrote her her memoir at the age of eight. She published it at the age of eighty-four wow. uh, for cover to cover. And if you haven't covered that, I'm going you know, to. I'm still. I'm, I'm looking at my producer and going. Go find her. Stunning. I mean, she has written this gem of a book, which is really transferring knowledge to the next generation. Consciously saying, "I'm the grandmother." end of my life i've done all these amazing things i've lived an amazing life and i have to pass it on to my grandchildren and it's just it's just a wonderful book it it's she didn't write it in Kosa, she wrote it in english mm-hmm. but we just felt it's such an important book for our communities because it's about intergenerational transfer of knowledge mm-hmm. someone who has consciously because it happens in families but for someone to consciously sit down and put it down in that way is quite unique. So she's going to be here, and we, we're very excited about that. And hopefully that's a project that can be translated into all these other languages. Well, what we've done for this one is that the sections that the, that we feel are most relevant to our theme, and those sections are going to be those sections are going to be translated to Kosa, mm-hmm. and they're going to be read as readings as part of the readings. Then we also on on. Saturday 21st is International Mother Language Mm -hmm, Day. mm -hmm. This is a UNESCO day marked all over the world. Mm -hmm. So we will have our celebration on Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock at the monument. And um, Klinam Klope is going to be host that one. Well, I'm talking to her after this. Oh, yes. After talking to you. Well, of course, here in Grahamstown, She's very popular. She received a PhD from Rhodes University last year. Mm-hmm. And she met with teachers. We organized a workshop with teachers, and they were just blown away, and they wanted to come back. So everybody's excited about Rina coming. And, yeah, there's also some younger poets like Krebo uh, Solumbela and some very amazing Graham, young people here in Grahamstown who are running arts and culture uh, initiatives. Mm-hmm. There's a Fingo Festival, people who are participating, and there's also a Grahamstown a youth development group called Upstart. And in fact, they are picking up litter every day from Monday, Tuesday, and today in the various township communities, mm-hmm. painting murals, 
Wow. And yeah, the young people have really come out. Uh, they're just amazing. That's exciting. That's exciting. Let's talk about the competition. You've you've extended the entry the the day. Yes, we extended the deadline to twenty fourth of uh, July mm-hmm. because we felt from the response that kids were struggling. And I, what we sensed, well, there were some logistical issues last year with the post office, and so we just with the post office strike, and yes. we just had to make sure that. And, and also from our side, we needed to do more publicity. So we felt it's only fair to the kids to to extend the deadline. Okay, tell us about it again. Who may enter this competition? It's a writing competition, and they must write in Isklosa? They must write in Isklosa. They must be uh, between 13 to 19 year old. Mm-hmm. They, they must be within that age group, but they needn't be in school. Even if they're not in school, they can still, they can still enter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it must be well. We've said five thousand to uh, five hundred to a thousand words, so it's quite short. Mm-hmm. It must be handwritten. We felt it's important to get them hand yes. handwritten because, you know, it's also uh, for people in the rural communities, and we don't want. We feel it's good for kids to actually write, put pen to paper, put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's the main thing about the competition. What happens to those stories? And is there is there a prize? Yes, there's, there's, there's prizes. Redisa, the sponsor, has put uh, a prize of um, equivalent of 10,000 rands as first prize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then second prize will be five, and then third prize will be three. And there'll be t- the t- um, 10 top stories, they will get gold gold medals. Mm-hmm. So it's quite, it's quite a... a um, a big prize. It is. Yeah, it is. No, but I'm I'm, I'm very interested in the stories you, you'll get. It, it sounds exciting. We'll talk to you then uh, when when you know after July when you've given those those prizes and, and yes. see what what sort of stories you got. Eleanor, thank you so much for joining us. Where do they find more information about this competition? They can look on the puku.coza website and then they can also, people can also check the Redisa website. I think the Redisa website also has details of the competition. And then people who are coming to the festival, we will uh, be giving out the entry, entry forms there. Okay. All and right. yeah, we, I think Redisa, we, we must thank them for their sponsorship because out, out of this, I think we'll get a lot of environmentally-based stories for the kids. Is this the Recycling and Economic Development uh, uh, Yes, uh, the Recycling yeah. and Economic Development Initiative of South Africa. Oh, and our other partner in the story, in the story competition is Nali Bali. So I think also they must check the Nali Bali website. Lovely. Okay. Thank you so much for Thank your time you. and good luck for the festival. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Eleanor Sisulu, activist, award-winning author and director of the Buku Children's Literature Foundation. Buku is P-U, P for Peter, P-U-K-U. And uh, in, a, in a bit, we'll talk to Dr. Trina Mklope after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, Dr. Mshope is uh, giving a talk to young children at the moment, and we're not going to disturb her, so we'll wait until she finishes. And then we'll introduce you to my next guests, who are in the Johannesburg studio, Redim Kize and Butle. Butle, I'm so sorry about your surname, because I don't think it's written properly here, so I'm going to wait for you to tell me what it is. Butle? 
Hello, Mama. What's your name? Saba Saba. Saba Saba. Yes, Mom. Hello. Mona is written Saba Sasba. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that's that. Why, that's why I didn't. I was like, welcome to you and, and, and Reggie. Hello, Reggie. Hi, Mama. Are you well? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, the reason I invited you to the studio is, you know, the excitement of getting youth to farm. Because we have so much unemployment, and I thought, why are young people not going into farming? Because when, when you know, old farmers retire, when no one's going to take over. So I was excited to know that you, 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 you gentlemen are actually into poultry farming. Yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, we, we, we are. I'm actually Ray Chimkiza is the founder and mm-hmm. the director of Chimkiza and Associates. So mm-hmm. that's a poultry specialist company. Uh, what we do in that company, we, we grow chickens, uh, we buy them a day old from the hatcheries, and then we raise them until six weeks and then we slaughter them. We sell them to hotels, um, uh, restaurants and hospitals. So um, we're running a, f- it's a fully operat- operating farm. Uh, we're employing people and we're trying to encourage youth uh, to be into farming as well. But tell me, and you sound like you're 10 years old as well. I'm not too sure what, <laughs> what you know about. <laughs> Reggie, how did the idea come about? And where did you find, I mean, we hardly have much land for uh, a lot of farming. I'm, I'm, I take it, where, where are you? Are you, in, are you farming from Johannesburg? Yeah, we're from Johannesburg. Whereabouts in Johannesburg? Uh, we're on the East Rand, Brackban. Mm-hmm. But we're operating in Bobsfontein, V-Dog, Delmas, all over uh, Johannesburg. So, Reggie, what were you thinking when you started? Uh, when I started this company, the idea actually come from, came from, um, I, I did my research, I was actually attending some f- uh, farming seminars and conferences. So I was hearing people complaining, the farmers themselves, that um, government is giving them money, that they call them a starter pack, mm. but uh, it's, it's not enough. So uh, I said, because I've, I've got a financial uh, management background, mm. uh, I said, let me, let me just try and, 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 and see how I can help those guys to get financial management skills, help them with the business plans and all those stuff. And then I, I ended up um, getting the interest on, on the farming itself. On farming itself. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Well, stay on the line for me. We're taking news headlines. We'll come back and talk more about what you're going to teach you people but do stay there and hold that thought otherwise on SAFM shocking story that one my guest regime keys and um are, are, are talking to us about farming and encouraging uh, poultry farming especially for young people so you give a cause Reggie and and Butle. oh yes ma'am um we do um but um what what what, what it's based on um, we found that, well, since there's this underlying problem, what we were going to do was to approach um, some of the government departments, mm-hmm. um, namely GEP, which is uh, the Gauteng Enterprise Propeller, mm-hmm. um, with a proposal to them saying, um, we know that obviously you find people who um, want to start farming or um, already are in co-ops, mm-hmm. um, but now there's a gap a skills gap in between. You give these people money mm. and then because they lack the skills to utilize or management skills, mm-hmm. then they end up, perhaps they get that starter pack, they use it and then after the first batch, they fall or, you know, um, they can't recover. Um, so we said, okay, why don't you do this? Before you give the people the funding, you send them to us. Mm. Um, we'll give them a basic um, fundamental skills training on broiler farming, which is um, uh, chicken farming. Mm-hmm. And then once we've 
train these people, then you can um, proceed to give them the funding. Um, in that way, you, you'll make sure that the guys um, have got the required skills and therefore they'll utilize um, the funding properly. Mm. Um, so that was the basic um, uh, approach that we had. And it's sustainable if, yes. if it's done that way. No, definitely. Right? And we also offer a mentoring um, program after that to ensure that the people actually apply the skills that they learn. Um, from the training, um, effectively, obviously, in their farming projects. Um, so we don't just train you and then we throw you out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we follow up and see that the guys are actually applying it, um, especially in the finance front, because that's the most important. Um, we need to make sure that the guys, um, they cost properly, you know, because mm-hmm. some people think, um, um, when you buy and to sell stuff, it's just the money that you buy with. But I mean, there's things like, um, labor that's in there. There's, um, you know, uh, water, electricity costs and all this stuff. So we want to make sure that they take all these things into account so that when they get to, you know, price their goods, they price them properly so that they don't shoot themselves on the foot or end up selling at a loss, which is the most biggest cause of their failure. Mm. Now, can you start in your backyard? I mean, <laughs> of, of, of course. <laughs> I remember growing up. I mean, lots of backyards had little, you know, uh, chicken coops and and, and 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 those kinds of things. You, and it was for the family. It's yeah. it used to just feed the family. But what sort of environment does one need to be able to start? Let's say you've got the interest, and uh, before you go to GEP to apply, uh, what are the things to consider before you know that this is the kind of business? you need to go through. Okay. Um, our course actually covers all that because mm. we teach people how uh, what, what kind of environment you need to start that business on. Because um, if you find out... Um, it, 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 what kills a chicken is a very, a very simple thing. Once a chicken gets stressed... It dies mm. uh, because it's got a very small mind and brain. So, um, if if you if you start your business nearby a, a ma- the main road, the, the trucks are passing mm. every minute. So that that will stress your chickens. Then your chickens won't grow um, as, as as required, and then that will reduce your your food convention ratio. Which is you need, you need to make sure that whatever the, the chicken has eaten. It's 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 it leads to the growth, so it mustn't waste feed because um, feed is, a, is almost seventy percent of your production cost. Mm. So you need to make sure that your the environment that you're starting your chickens on is very um, uh, very safe for your chickens and it's very quiet and and it, and it doesn't it won't stress your chickens uh, going. They must forward. be happy chickens. It must be happy chickens. <laughs> must be happy chickens. What are the regulations about about poultry farming and and and. Uh, I'm not sure how the industry runs, but well, is there? Don't you do you need to apply to somebody? Do you need uh, in order to get permission to even start a, a, a poultry farm? Uh, the, the 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 South African regulation is under South African Poultry Association, which is SAPA. Um, but it, it really depends on on what scale you want to start your farming. If you want to go big, mm. so you need to make sure that um, you you follow all the supper requirements. Your environment is clean and it's conducive for your for your for, for your chickens. And you need to make sure that you 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 your structures are built in a way uh, that that your your chickens uh, would grow nicely on those chickens. If you want to go for automated automated uh, housings, you need to make sure that you apply to the right. We'll give you the suppliers. We've got mm. everything on. Our, mm-hmm. our calls, we give you these are the best suppliers for that. These are the so if you if you come for the calls, we cover everything. We tell you what the regulation that you need to to be abided by. Mm. But uh, I think the most important thing, especially for smaller scale farmers, 
um, is, is training and, and getting the skills development. Because mm. from experience, we've found that a lot of people uh, get into uh, poultry farming um, as a mere, I, I think, uh, form because of desperation. Mm. They just want to make a quick buck and whatnot. Mm. Mm. They're not aware of the technicalities and how sensitive um, this type of farming is. So we always stress that before you start, make sure that you get training or you do proper research. I mean, I'm sure we're not the only company that offers a training program. I know mm. SAPA also has initiatives to um, train people. So training is very vital so that once you've got your basics right, then it limits your chances of failure. Is that you, Reggie? No, that's Butler, sorry. <laughs> is that Butler? <laughs> yes, okay, um, now I need to ask, um, w- what what qualifications does one need to be able to do this course? I mean, does, if, if you didn't finish your matric, it's still, it's still possible for you to do this. And do you, do you, is it open for both girls and boys? I'm not <laughs> sure if they're, they're better nurturers, if, if, <laughs> if a, a certain gender grows better chickens or not. No, there's no requirement. Um, if, I, if I can tell you, with the people we've trained, uh, we've got like old, old mummies um, mm. who are like 65 years and mm. never went to school at all. Mm. So, uh, what's important is um, they, they, the course is very simple, structured in a very simple way. So, we teach them uh, how you grow a chicken from day old to six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the important things? Your temperature needs to be at what level? Um, your, your humidity level in the house must be at what level it's, it's simple stuff and mm. it's not like it, it, it's, it's so you need to have a degree and stuff and yeah. our course is only three days uh it's covering the whole content of broiler management okay but also the the, the mo- most important thing the 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 cash flows and all of those kinds of things yes. the accounting yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very important which you both have right yes <laughs> i've got finance backgrounds so. you've got financial backgrounds okay so where do where do people go for this course where um, you didn't answer one question though. Can you start in your backyard? Yes, yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> you, did, um, you can, eh? Yes. I can't you start with just two or three. That, that's no? where we start. Yeah. So. Two or three, yeah. and, and, and then no, before you go big, no? If, yeah. So if I can tell you the, my background, um, I started chicken, I started with 100 chickens. Um, I'm, st- I'm staying in, uh, in Bragban in the suburbs. Mm. I, I built a, a small cage behind my house. Did your neighbors not complain? They were complaining. They were complaining, but um, the most important thing I, is that I had passion for, for, for what I was doing. Mm. And um, it's, it's actually helped me because uh, I've learned from those chickens that, that, that fetch the first batch that I did mm. uh, to see what, what diseases the, chick- the chicken catches. Mm-hmm. And what uh, medication do I need to use for those diseases? It, 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 it's, it helps you when you start small because mm-hmm. your risk is is, is, is reduced mm-hmm. in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we also get fresh eggs every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the beauty of it? That I mean, I want to leave my job now and go to chicken farming. Yes, <laughs> except yes, for yes. I'll eat them all. <laughs> so give us details. Uh, where do they find you? Where is there a website? Is there are you online somewhere? Or is there a number you can give us, please? Yeah, we've, we've got a website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's www.smkiza, mm-hmm. S for sugar, mm-hmm. M for mama, K for kilogram, H for human, I for information, Z mm-hmm. zebra, Kize. E, Kize, mm-hmm. and then associates. And associates. There's an S at the end, dot C-O-Z-A. Associates. associates. Okay. Dot C-O-Z-A. Okay. All our information is there. Um, 
Uh, another, maybe before we finish, we, we had a very, we started a very nice program for the youth. Uh, we, we, we started seminars so that uh, the youth can come and, and, and we show them the opportunities that are available in the farming sector, uh, that they can't be farm managers, they can't be vets. There's a lot of opportunities available. Yeah, and I it, love you guys. I think, <laughs> I think you do some amazing work. Yes, Listen, right. we've run out of time though, so I'm sure they'll find this information on your website, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll no, fantastic. Thank you so so much for coming to the studio, Reggie and Bolton. Eh? Thank, thank you very much. And we'll be in touch again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Bye bye. It's Esmkize Associates at .co.za. Doctor Gunam Khope is on the line. Welcome, Doctor Khope. You know, I love it because I battle to get you on the radio and I love it because it, you're always busy and you're doing I'm such important... with the children who are launching something called uh, Talk Sign. Deaf children and children who are also hearing, they are working together. I'm so impressed with the work they are doing here today. Oh, no, <laughs> and, and this is why I say you're always doing such amazing work and it, it comes at a time when we're talking mother, International Mother Language Day. Yes. But yes. sign language is also a mother language. It's a mother language. I was telling them here now that next year we have to do it in KZN and at a venue where the sign people are in charge because it's their language. I know. And, and, and you know, it, 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 it just extends uh, the, the, the conversation when you can uh, use that language as well because you're talking to more and more people. As, yes, mu as, much, yes. as, as, as much as Braille, which is also very important because it very just much so. opens up. So what are we talking about on International the language day, Dr. Anshok. On the 21st of, of uh, February, I'm going to be in Grahamstown with Puku, with Eleanor Sisulu. She's just uh, told us that, yes. And we are celebrating International Mother Language Day, and I'm so proud to be a part of it and to encourage young people to see prominent people in South Africa enjoying the taste of their own mother tongues. Now, how important, you know, I, I saw a quote earlier that says that uh, your children will learn English much more effectively if they continue to develop their first language at the same time. So important. If they have gotten their mother tongue down and they're able to communicate and they have a sense of confidence and a sense of their own identity, they know who they are so that when they approach, they approach the next language, they approach it on top of something solid, it's like having a, a foundation. Mm. So I love the fact that uh, in South Africa today, we are going back to that thing of celebrating our own languages. Um, and and, and I want you to please just share, and I ask you this all the time because I think you 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 one of the loudest voices that that uh, uh, that support mother mother language day and support mother tongue, and, and, you know, in in, in in what it is with the diversity of languages that we have. What should we be doing that we are not doing at the moment? What should we be pushing as 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 as, as mothers, as parents, and and as sisters? What are the things that you find we are not doing to preserve uh, our mother language? I think one of the biggest things we should be doing to preserve mother languages is find opportunities to speak our languages wherever we are operating so that our children see us celebrating these languages, not just telling them to learn their mother languages. We must do, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Mm, mm. 
Yes. So also, I've, I would I wish more politicians as well and and, and other um, people in prominent positions would be able from time to time to just address even if it's half of their speech in their languages in Sipedi, in Chivenda, you know, in Swana. Speak your own mother tongue now and again so that children can understand that it is a beautiful language. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, we don't wait for a day like this and we say there's an international mother mother language day and that's the only time we celebrate the languages. And you know, I'm I'm quite jealous that it's happening in in in, in Grahamstown because I think every yeah. every every city and every town should be having should be a celebration of some sort. I think um, from my part, we are going to work like mad for this um, for this uh, for, for this um, mother tongue day to be done uh, in, uh, in in small towns through small organisations, mm. NGOs, and churches. Mm-hmm. Churches must come back and play their role the way they used to during apartheid times. Mm-hmm. You know, many churches were so involved with education. Many churches started schools, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would like small organizations, NGOs, small poetry groups, and churches come on board. Education of our children is a Christian thing to do. Oh, wonderful. So now what are you going to deliver then? Uh, what is to be expected of you at the festival? <laughs> I'm going to be also launching two of my books that have come out in Isikosa and Isizulu. And um, on top of that, you know that some of my books have come out in Braille as well. Oh, I didn't so know that. Have, didn't I, know I'm that. so happy and we are even launching more later this year. More of my books coming out in Braille and I'm so happy about that. Mm-hmm. But also uh, in Grahamstown, I will be reading some excerpts from Mamu Koni Ngaba. Yes, I an heard An 85-year-old Opalengot Yaki. I mean, just I, I feel like I'm swelling with pride oh, when I see things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I will be celebrating one of the writers that we had such a privilege to enjoy at school because I went to a closer speaking high school mm-hmm. where came Kai. I think he's one of the writers we should be celebrating. Mm-hmm. And so not only will I be telling my own stories, but also I want to celebrate writers that just hit me inside like nobody ever did. You, you have the uh, you have the art of storytelling, you know. <laughs> I just want you to continue. Well, shyana palat. Shyana palat. and there are so many good writers in my country. Yeah. Unless we are the ones who celebrate them, who else is going to do it? Tinawe, mm-hmm. um, lastly, there's a competition that Bo Eleanor are running. Um, yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm, young people between 13 and 19 are encouraged to go and write in Isikosa. And, and I love the fact that it's, it's, it's handwriting they use, so they're putting pen to paper, so yes, to speak. So yes. what, what tips can you give them? Uh, I think when they are writing these short stories, they should be dealing with subjects they are familiar with, mm. number one. Mm. Number two, be happy that it is in their own mother tongue mm. to write in a language that you know. We say in Isizulu, Ulimlebele. The language that you suck from your mother's breast. And also, another thing, I think you don't have to be struggling so much to be writing a super long short story. 
You call it a short story, but it's so, so, so long mm-hmm. until we don't remember where you started. <laughs> yeah? I just write a story that is a short story and to the point and know that you're dealing with a subject that you're also very, very happy about. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a, 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 a happily ever after story, but it's a story that you think, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you know what you're talking about, it is easier to translate it to paper and to reach out and touch that audience member who's reading until they think, I know these people she's talking about. I know these people he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I can hear that voice. You see? And so I, I would suggest that they write about something they are familiar with, about places they, they know very, very well, and also describe them in such a way that somebody who hears about it, if you're writing about a place called Kofim Vaba, you think, what the hell is it, Kofim Vaba? Mm-hmm. I want to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. I want to go there one day, you mm-hmm. see? So I, I would like us to be, to be like that in our writing. And paint a mental picture. We can paint literally smell picture. the smell Kofim Vaba. I'm a smell it. Mm. Correct. Yes. We are just doing such wonderful, fun work because we love being with these VIPs, mm. our little people in this country, the future of South Africa. Thank you, Dr. Tunam Shope. Yeah, thank you, Bye bye, bye bye. Um, when she said, uh, um, it reminded me of a quote I saw earlier as well, which says, Our language is called the mother tongue because the father seldom gets to speak. <laughs>